Hello there, and welcome to another herb review. This time we're going over the category herbs that clear heat and resolve toxicity. Herbs that clear heat and resolve toxicity. So again, we're still in this very large category of herbs that clear heat. And here we're talking specifically about heat toxicity. Now, I'll be honest, this is one of my, my least favorite categories just because it's a really big category. There are a lot of herbs. Sometimes it's really hard to differentiate what each herb does, what makes it special. And so sometimes I get students, they're like, oh, we have this huge list of herbs and they all seem the same. They all kind of run together. It's hard to tell what's what. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I agree. I, I feel the same way. That's hard to differentiate some of these herbs. So what we're going to do here is just kind of go through quickly and kind of point out maybe one or two specialties of each herb. Because I feel like if you start to go into too much detail, it just gets really confusing and everything gets jumbled. So this one, we're kind of, it's a large category. Some of the herbs aren't very commonly used in our formula class. So some of those we're just going to go through really quickly and just kind of point out a specialty of each of them. So again, this category is called herbs that clear heat and resolve toxicity. So we're dealing with something called heat toxicity. And again, this is kind of weird that it's kind of hard to describe what heat toxicity actually is. So the Chinese term is zhe du, and we can say this heat toxicity is an extreme accumulation of heat. So this Chinese character du means toxin, but we have to be careful here because I think when most people hear the word toxin, especially in a modern context in alternative medicine, they think about like, oh, I gotta, I have these toxins in my body. I gotta do a detox that I've been, I've been eating kale that's not organic. Oh, all these pesticides, I need to detox. And that's not really what we're talking about at all. It turns out this Chinese character du, on the one hand, it can mean real toxins, as in poisons or substances in the body. So these could be things like snake venom or poison ivy, some plant. You eat a plant and it's toxic and now you have this toxin. That's one possible interpretation of the word du, toxin. But really we're talking more about an extreme accumulation of heat and it's usually associated with infection, so like an infectious disease. So here we're going to talk about what heat toxicity is and as we go through these herbs, it may just be good to know that these herbs belong to this category, that these herbs treat heat toxicity, and then have some general idea of what heat toxicity is. So what are some examples of heat toxicity? Well, one is hot, swollen, painful, deep-set sores, like boils, carbuncles, and furuncles. We'll get into exactly what those are. But again, this is, here we're saying skin infection. These are various types of skin infection. They're often caused by bacteria or viruses, and they often involve either very red, deep-set sores that are swollen and painful, or sores with pus. Again, that's a sign of an infection. So this isn't just like a rash. This is more like you got this big, angry-looking welt, and you're like, ooh, it's got like pus and discharge oozing out of it, and you're like, ooh, that looks infected. That's what we mean by heat toxicity. That's what we mean by skin infection. And again, in terms of TCM, we could say that this is an extreme accumulation of heat. A lot of times this pus, we could explain that by saying that there's this fire or heat toxicity burning the flesh, and that causes the formation of pus. So that pus is flesh that's been burnt by fire or heat toxicity. And that's actually why a lot of these herbs enter the stomach channel because uh, the spleen governs the flesh and pus is flesh that's been burnt. But because it's heat, we say the stomach instead of the spleen. I don't know. But a lot of these herbs enter the stomach channel because of pus and we're dealing with skin infection like carbuncles, boils, furuncles, deep set, angry looking sores. And in that, we can include like things on, on the throat. Think like strep throat. When you have a red, swollen throat and you got little like pustules and things like that, that could be heat toxicity. Tonsillitis, usually due to an infection, a viral infection, causes things to swell and get red. That could also be an example of heat toxicity. 
abscesses, which are a collection of pus, usually due to infection. So we can think of external abscesses, like what common one is breast abscess. Usually happens in nursing mothers that they get some sort of infection, either bacterial or viral, and that cause, causes a, a swollen area with pus, and that's breast abscess. But this could also be internal abscesses. If you have an accumulation of pus inside the body, like lung abscess or large intestine abscess, that could also be heat toxicity. Diarrhea or dysentery can also fall under the category of heat toxicity. And sometimes people ask, what is dysentery? How is it different from diarrhea? Well, dysentery, we're specifically saying there's inflammation of the large intestine. Usually the diarrhea is severe. It usually comes with some abdominal pain. And a lot of times when we talk about heat toxicity, we're usually saying there's some blood or pus in the stool. I think we talked about this in the damp heat category where we talked about um, red and white dysentery is a Chinese term. And so red and white means blood and pus in the stool. And again, this is there's severe heat searing the intestines causing bleeding or severe heat searing the intestines and causing the accumulation of pus in the intestines. And then you see that come out in the diarrhea in that form of dysentery. So dysentery can be a form of heat toxicity. Uh, another type, the um, epidemic febrile outbreaks can also fall under the category of heat toxicity. So this is something we're not just talking about uh, people got a cold or you got a little sick and you feel under the weather. These are like pandemic type outbreaks, these epidemics that are sweeping the countryside that are very contagious, very have a very quick onset and are very severe. A lot of times those types of diseases fall under the category of heat toxicity as well. And we look at historically some of these epidemic outbreaks that happened in China. Um, we usually equate them to things like mumps or encephalitis. Mumps is something that's it's extremely contagious. It causes a lot of swelling around the neck under the um, parotid glands. Um, very contagious, very severe, causes a fever and a lot of swelling. Uh, encephalitis, swelling of the brain. And so these types of severe epidemic outbreaks could be considered heat toxicity as well. And that's why actually some of the herbs in this category are said to have antiviral or antibacterial properties because they're dealing with this type of infection, infectious disease that can sweep the countryside and cause massive outbreaks. So that can be heat toxicity as well. And then other things, when you talk about toxin, we can talk about real toxins that enter the body. So we might talk about like snake bite or insect bite. But again, this is usually these snake bite and insect bites. Once that venom gets into your skin, it causes things like hot, swollen, painful, deep set sores. So again, this would be a real toxin, but it's causing something on the skin that looks like an extreme accumulation of heat. So sometimes when you get into insect bites, people think like, oh, does this mean like mosquito bites? And I kind of think not really. Like mosquito bites, they're kind of itchy, they're kind of annoying, but that's not necessarily what we mean by insect bites. When you say insect bite, think more, think more like spider bites, centipede bites, scorpion stings, wasp or bee stings. Something that like if a spider bites you, you get this really big red welt that is red, painful, it's really deep, it can be sore to the touch. Um, I had a friend who got bit by a brown recluse uh, spider. If you get bit by a brown recluse spider, go to the hospital because it's very serious, but in addition to the treatment he was receiving from the hospital, he also used herbs that clear heat toxicity. So that kind of thing, even if you get like stung by a wasp and for a couple days, you might have this red swollen spot that's painful and itchy, that might be considered heat toxicity in terms of snake bite and insect bite. So not necessarily like, oh, I got bit by a mosquito and kinda, I'm kind of itchy, more like something that caused a hot, swollen, painful, deep set sore. And then certain symptoms of certain types of cancers and the symptoms that come along with it, these might fall into the category of heat toxicity. 
Now, just to be clear, I am not saying that we can use Chinese herbs to treat cancer. We do not treat cancer in traditional Chinese medicine. You should not tell your patients you treat cancer. You should not advertise that you treat cancer. If you do, you will lose your license and get sued. So what I'm trying to say here is that traditionally or historically, when certain cancers arose, some of the symptoms that accompanied those cancers may have fallen under the category of heat toxicity or similar types of things we see here. And traditionally, those herbs may have been used to treat those symptoms. But we should be clear that we don't want to get sued, so we do not treat cancer directly. So these are just some examples of heat toxicity. These are the kinds of symptoms we would be looking for when we would think to use these herbs from the category herbs that clear heat and resolve toxicity. So again, we're not trying to like detoxify the liver or anything like that. We're dealing with extreme accumulations of heat, usually an infection. And then sometimes I make the statement, heat toxicity is always acute in nature. This is something that one of my Chinese teachers said this. I, I seem to remember this when I was learning this category. He said that heat toxicity is always acute. And then I said that again, and another teacher said, no, that's not really true. But I still kind of agree with the, with the sentiment of the original statement that just for the sake of simplicity, I would say that heat toxicity is usually acute in nature. So think about like if you have a skin problem, a staph infection, you usually don't have a chronic staph infection. If you have strep throat usually don't have chronic strep throat that goes on for years. Either the strep throat resolves or the infection causes you to die, one or the other. So we usually don't talk about chronic heat toxicity. And sometimes I just like to point this out because we're talking about skin conditions and just to avoid some confusion that there are certain skin conditions like eczema where people have had it since childhood. They've had this eczema that comes with the seasons and it's been going on for years and years. That kind of condition, we probably would not call heat toxicity, psoriasis, or other things that have been going on for a long time. We probably don't necessarily call those heat toxicity. But things like when we have a deep set, uh, angry sore, something like you just got bit by a spider or stung like a wasp, something that you're breastfeeding and you get a breast abscess, people usually don't have chronic breast abscess that goes on for years and years, things like that. That's what we're talking about in terms of heat toxicity, some sort of infection that, I mean, chronic is kind of a relative term, but don't think about like skin problems that have been going on for years and years. Think more like acute infections causing certain types of skin problems. And that's what we mean by heat toxicity. And then we should say that many of these herbs can be used topically as well, that we can either cook them in a decoction and drink them and take them internally, or we can apply them topically usually in their fresh form. So a lot of these herbs are flowers, so we can just take the flowers and kind of uh, pound them up. This motion is me pounding something with a mortar and pestle, kind of pound them up to bruise them and make them a little bit pulpy, and then apply them directly on the skin as like a poultice. So that's another way we can use these herbs is because we're treating skin disorders, we can apply them directly to the skin. So just to go over some of these terms in a little bit more detail, sometimes I talk about these things, boils, carbuncles, furuncles, and people are like, what does that mean? Um, let's talk about some of the things that pop up in terms of skin infection and heat toxicity. So kind of the general catch-all term we're using it here is abscess. Like we said, this is an extreme accumulation of heat. That heat burns the flesh or sears the flesh and causes pus to form or purulent discharge. And so that's what we mean by abscess, uh, an area or tissue in the body that's swollen and causes an accumulation of pus. So that's just our general term, abscess, is a swollen area with an accumulation of pus. We talk about a boil. This is a type of abscess. That's, this is a skin infection that usually starts in a hair follicle or oil gland, usually caused by a staphylococcal bacteria. So again, when we talk about skin infection, think about things like staph infection and the kind of things that would result from that. When we say furuncle, that's just another name for a boil. That's the medical term for a boil. When we say a carbuncle, it's basically a bunch of boils 
that got together and formed into one giant super boil. And so um, a cluster of boils that are connected to each other under the skin. So looks pretty gross. Then a sty is the same thing like a boil, but it specifically refers to a boil on the eyelid or that forms under the eyelid. So these are some of the things we'll encounter when I say skin infection. These are some of the things we might be talking about. I did not include any pictures here, but if you want, you can go and do a Google image search of some of these things to see what they look like because we're not just talking about like little pimples or little mosquito bites. We're, we're talking about big, red, angry abscesses um, that are red, swollen, and contain pus. And again, this can also include things like breast abscess or internal abscess like large intestine abscess. So these are some things we mean by heat toxicity. So general properties of these herbs, uh, like everything in this category, they're going to be bitter in flavor because we're clearing heat, draining fire. They're going to be cold in temperature because we're dealing with heat. The channel is really going to depend on what type of symptoms we're treating. Some herbs are better for the skin. Some herbs are better for lung abscess. Some herbs are specifically good for diarrhea and dysentery. So the channels are going to vary quite a bit depending on what type of heat they treat. And like everything, we should be cautious because these herbs are cold and bitter, so they could damage the spleen. Uh, these herbs are good for clearing heat toxicity, especially like skin infections, accumulations of pus, but also things like dysentery, uh, breast abscess, large intestine abscess, lung abscess, these things with accumulations of pus, and viral infections like our epidemic febrile outbreaks. And then we can say that some of these herbs have um, antibacterial, antiviral and there may be some evidence that they could have some anti-tumor properties as well. But we have to be very careful about this statement. This has not been confirmed. These statements have not been approved by the FDA. So like I said, this is a very large category. This is a lot of herbs. Some of these herbs we don't actually use very often, but we still have a very large category with a lot of herbs. So by and large, like I said, I, I might mostly focus on, one, knowing which herbs are in this category. So just know that when you see one of these herbs, know which category it belongs to. Know it belongs to the heat toxicity category. And then understand what we mean by heat toxicity. When we say heat toxicity, we're usually talking about infection or accumulations of pus. And if you get put those two together that's going to be most of what you need to know. So this is a very large category. And again, I don't want to go into detail in a lot of these herbs because sometimes that just makes it more confusing. So what we're going to go, what we're going to do is go through and maybe try to point out some specialties of each herb and just leave it at that. So here we go. Herbs that clear heat toxicity. Our first two are Jinyinhua and Lian Chao. We usually talk about them together. Jinyinhua, Lonicera floss. Jinyinhua and Lianchao for Scythia fructus. Lianchao for Scythia fructus. So these herbs we usually talk about together because they both generally clear heat toxicity. So we see a lot of symptoms of heat toxicity here. Hot, painful sores and swellings, especially on the throat, breast, or eyes. Large intestine abscess, diarrhea with blood or pus, so heat toxicity searing the intestines. And again, this is a flower, so it can be used internally in a decoction or externally applied to the skin. And same thing with Lian Chao, we just say generally it clears heat toxicity. But what makes these two herbs stand out, why we, what we really want to know about them, is besides just clearing heat toxicity, especially for throat problems, they also clear wind heat as well. So these herbs we often use in conjunction with cool, acrid herbs that release the exterior to treat a condition of wind heat invasion. So it turns out this is really convenient because a lot of times wind heat and heat toxicity go together. So it's good that we have this herb that can kind of treat both, both levels of severity. And maybe the way to explain it is like this. When we said these herbs clear heat toxicity, we're saying they're especially good for painful swellings in the throat. Well, the throat kind of is nicknamed the gate of the lung. 
And so if you have a wind heat invasion, a lot of the times this wind heat will come in and it will get trapped in the throat or stuck in the throat. And that wind heat will sit there and fester and stagnate and it will turn into heat toxicity. And that's why one of our symptoms of wind heat is a red, painful, swollen, sore throat because that heat gets stuck in there and intensifies as it stagnates. So kind of a mild one would just be more like kind of a red, painful, sore throat. On the more severe side of the spectrum, think like strep throat, where it's red, swollen, painful, and you can actually see accumulations of pus. So that's kind of our specialty of Jin Yinhua and Lian Chao, is that it, it's in this category, clears heat toxicity. It does clear heat toxicity, but it's also used for external invasions of wind heat as well. So Jin Yinhua and Lian Chao, it turns out they're used together in a formula called Yin Chao San, honeysuckle and forsythia powder, Yin Chao San. So Yin means Jin Yinhua, Chao means Lian Chao. So this is our one of our major formulas for an external invasion of wind heat. So we see fever and chills, simultaneous fever and chills, headache, thirst, cough and sore throat, um, and a rapid floating pulse. Those were all the signs and symptoms we talked about with uh, an external invasion of wind heat. And so our main herbs in this formula are Jin Yinhua and Lian Chao. So kind of the point I'm trying to make here is one of our main formulas for treating wind heat is called Yin Chao San. So you should probably remember that Jin Yinhua and Lian Chao treat wind heat invasion. This kind of tells us that this is a major function of these herbs. And then you can see some other herbs here that we've also talked about. Um, Nyobangzo was in the cool, acrid, release the exterior category. And we said one of Nyobangzo's specialty was it treats sore throat. So here we're treating sore throat. Buohe, Dando, Chur are also in the release the exterior category. We talked about those. Buohe releasing the exterior and opening the face. Jingjie, uh, we said that's in the warm acrid release the exterior, but it's good for both wind cold and wind heat. So here's an example of Jingjie treating wind heat. Danjuye and Lugen, those were in the drain fire category, but they also had an action of generating fluids and moisture. So when you have this painful red swollen throat, Lugen can drain the fire, but also bring some moisture back to the throat and kind of regenerate those fluids that have been damaged by the heat. But again, kind of the point here was uh, Jin Yinhua and Lian Chao, they clear heat toxicity, but they also uh, release the exterior to treat wind heat invasion. An example of this is a formula that's named after these herbs, Jin Yinhua and Lian Chao. So Jin Yinhua, the name of this herb, Jin, um, in our, if you look at that character over there, the classical Classical Chinese, Jin means metal. When we talk about the metal phase, that's what's the character we use. Jin, here, Jin specifically means silver, or specifically means gold. Uh, Jin means gold, Yin means silver, Hua means flower. This is gold and silver flower, or honeysuckle flower. So Jin Yin Hua is honeysuckle flower. It's yellow in the middle and white on the petals, so it's gold and silver, so we call it gold and silver flower, Jin Yin Hua. Lian Chao, Forsythia fructus, is Forsythia. So that's why the name of this uh, formula is Honeysuckle and Forsythia. Those are the common names of Jin Yin Hua and Lian Chao. So Jin Yin Hua and Lian Chao, definitely remember they also expel wind heat invasion. Next, Da Qingye and Ban Longgen. Again, these two we usually talk about together because they're two parts of the same plant. They're two parts of the indigo plant. Ye means leaf, so Da Qingye is indigo leaf. Gen means root, so Ban Longgen is indigo root. And yes, these clear heat toxicity, I'd say maybe one of our specialties is that these are good for epidemic febrile diseases, for um, when you have those... Uh, epidemics sweeping the countryside. These are especially good for that. And these ones, we would even say that they have some antiviral properties, uh, possibly as well. So I know there are some modern practitioners that when they 
when they're treating a, a cold and they know that it's a viral infection, they might just add in some Bon Langen, especially if there's sore throat, because these are especially good for sore throat. So if a person has a viral infection, they might add in some Bon Langen for its antiviral properties. Or maybe if we had that um, person has a wind heat invasion with really bad sore throat, maybe we'll use Yin Chao San because it's good for sore throat, but then we'll add in some Bon Langen because it's antiviral and it's really good for throat problems. It also cools the blood for... Um, maculopapular rashes on the skin, so kind of like um, Shui Niu Jiao or Shang Di Huang, those, those similar types of blood heat. But again, I might remember uh, Da Qing Ye Ban Long Gan, throat problems and epidemic febrile diseases. And for the name Da Qing Ye, Qing is kind of interesting. So Da means big, Qing is a color. And so Qing is a color associated in with a water or with a wood phase. And Qing is kind of, it's kind of interesting in terms of colors because a lot of times Qing gets translated as blue-green. For example, we have a formula called Xiao Qing Long Tong, minor blue-green dragon decoction. So a lot of people see that and they're like, oh, blue-green, does that mean like turquoise? Like it's half blue and half green? Turns out no. That's not what we mean. When we say Qing or blue-green, we're talking about a range of colors that includes both blue and green. So when we say Qing, we're not referring to a specific hue. We're referring to a range of colors that occur in nature. Um, I guess maybe the, 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 an English analogy to this is when we say blue, we actually mean a range of colors. We can say sky blue or we can say midnight blue that there are different types of colors. So when we say Qing, we can say sky Qing, mountain Qing, bamboo Qing. These are different shades of colors that just refer to colors that re occur in nature. So sometimes it means green, sometimes it means blue. In this case, it really means more like purple. So Da Qing Ye is, uh, you can see that leaf over there, it's purple in color. So Da means big, Qing means like indigo or purple. And ye means leaf, so that's da ching ye. Ban lang gun, again, gun means root, so that's the root of this plant. So these are both two parts of the indigo plant. Da ching ye, ban lang gun. We have another ching here, ching dai. So ching dai is, again, a part of this plant. This is indigo powder. So here we took the leaf of that plant, the da ching ye, and processed it with lime, the mineral, and it becomes a powder called Qing Dai. So again, it's, you can look at the powder, it's very purple in color. This is what they used to dye clothes, that if they had some fabric and you wanted to dye it indigo, this is the powder they would use. And I would say this one, if it has a specialty, I would say it's good for skin problems. So swelling, macular rashes, mumps, and other skin eruptions. So this we can, it's a powder. We can often combine it with um, either a liquid or sesame oil or certain paste, and we can apply it externally onto the skin. It's also very good for bleeding due to heat, especially nosebleed. So again, it's a powder. Um, the way you can use this for nosebleed, I had somebody tell me, is uh, get a guide tube from one of your needles, and you can kind of dip it in dotching it, and then you can blow it up the person's nose and it will stop a nosebleed. So that's another use of Da Qing Ye, or of Qing Dai. But for Qing Dai, I would remember skin problems. This may be coincidental, but it turns out we have a lot of purple things that treat skin problems. So we had a uh, Zhao is purple, Da Qing Ye is purple, Qing Dai is purple. Purple things tend to treat skin problems. I don't know why. After that is Pu Gong Ying, Taraxaki Herba. Pu Gong Ying, Taraxaki Herba. Pu Gong Ying is dandelion flower. So this is just the stuff that you find out in your backyard, dandelion. And so Pu Gong Ying clears heat toxicity. It's good for swelling pain. It, it discharges pus. I would say definitely the specialty of Pu Gong Ying is it's good for breast abscess and mastitis. So if you remember one thing about Pugong Ying, dandelion, remember breast abscess, 
and mastitis. Pugongying has a very famous action of treating breast abscess and mastitis. Even to the point where if you create, if you had a patient with breast, uh, with breast abscess and you created a formula and you didn't include Pugong Ying, people would look at it and people would look at you funny. They'd be like, where's the Pugong Ying? That's how famous this is for treating breast abscess, that if you don't include it, people feel like there's something missing. So Pugong Ying, think breast abscess. And again, this is dandelion. Kind of a funny story about dandelion that I recently learned. Dandelion comes from French, dent de lion. Dent means teeth, like a dentist. Lion means lion. So dandelion, dent de lion, means tooth of the lion or lion's tooth. So I guess the, um, the petals of the flower looked like a lion's tooth. That's why they called it dent de lion, dandelion. The other interesting thing about it is in French, it has a nickname Pisson lit, which means wet the bed or piss the bed. And so even like the, the French people knew that uh, taking dandelion would promote urination. I mean, I, I think that's kind of funny. I think of like a, some French guy being like, oh, yeah, I have made you some tea. And they're like, like oh, this is very good tea. What is it? And they're like, oh, and it's like, oh, sweet the Lord, I've pissed the bed. And anyway. Um, so dandelion is also um, uh, nicknamed pisson lit, so it promotes urination uh, to drain dampness for jaundice and Lin syndrome, getting rid of that damp heat. So maybe that's another way you can remember that pugong ying promotes urination. Major thing I would remember is breast abscess. So pugong ying, dandelion. Also. Um, this can be used internally as a tea or it can be applied externally as a poultice. Again, this is just dandelion flowers. You go out in your backyard and pick the dandelion flowers. You could crush it or use a mortar and pestle to kind of uh, pound it or grind it and make it kind of pulpy. And then you could just apply that directly externally to an abscess. And so it can also be used that way. It has a very famous, very reliable action of treating breast abscess, especially pugong ying dandelion. Zihua di ding, viola herba, zihua di ding. This is another flower. It's another purple one. Zihua di ding is violet, as in roses are red, violets are blue. So zi means purple, hua means flower. So this is purple flower. And again, purple flowers tend to be good for skin problems. So we've seen a lot of purple things, zizao, da qing ye, qing dai. Now zihua di ding, they're all purple. And they're all good for skin problems. So uh, deep set, hot red sores. This is also very good for snake bite and insect bite. So again, if you get by a if you get bit by a poisonous snake, please go to the hospital. Call a doctor. Go to the hospital. But traditionally, zihua di ding was used to treat these snake bites and insect bites. Things with venom. Again, this is a flower, so you could just crush it up and apply it externally. So maybe you could try it with wasp stings or something like that. Bai Jiang Sao, Petrinia Herba, Bai Jiang Sao. This, uh, like everything, it clears heat toxicity. It's especially good for pus, and it's especially good for large intestine abscess. So large intestine abscess, or we could even say appendicitis. Um, but we have this abscess, we have this accumulation of pus, we might even see um, pus coming out in the stool. So maybe we, here we should actually mention both of these actions, that it clears heat toxicity and gets rid of pus, and it also invigorates blood. And it turns out both of these actions together make it a perfect herb for large intestine abscess. Because usually when we have large intestine abscess, there's some combination of heat toxicity with pus, but there's also some blood stagnation as well. So Bai Jiang Sao treats both of those. So Bai Jiang Sao, think large intestine abscess, and then maybe think that when you say large intestine abscess, we're talking about a combination of heat toxicity plus some degree of blood stagnation. So Bai Jiang Sao discharges pus and invigorates blood for blood stagnation due to heat. Chuan Xin Lian, Andrographitis Herba, Chuan Xin Lian. 
Chuan Chinian clears heat toxicity. Its specialty is for clearing heat from the lung. So when you have heat causing cough, Chuan Chinian might be good, or other symptoms of heat in the upper body. So again, throat problems, eyes, ears, upper body heat. And then again, we have these things. It can be applied externally for skin conditions. Everything can do that in this category, it seems like. Uh, it can also treat diarrhea. I'd say its specialty is treating lung heat or heat conditions in the upper body. So Chuan Qin Lian, lung heat, upper body heat. Bai Hua Shi Shi Zhao. This is one of my favorite ones to say in Chinese. Hidiotis diffusa herba. Bai Hua Shi Shi Zhao. Uh, so this one, the name is is kind of funny. So Bai means white, Hua means flower, and the first Shi means snake. So Bai Hua Shi is white flower snake. And so this re this is a type of snake that uh, the pattern on its scales looks like a white flower. So that's why they call it Bai Hua Shi. Turns out later we actually learned Bai Hua Shi as an herb that they would actually sometimes uh, soak this snake in wine and drink it, and they would use that as medicine. So that's Bai Hua Shi. The second Shi means tongue, and Sao means herb or grass. So Bai Hua Shi Shi Sao is white flower snake tongue herb. It turns out there's a the snake called white flower snake. And the leaves of this plant look like the tongue of that snake. So the snake has a forked tongue, and the the leaves of this plant look like that forked tongue. That's why they call it Bai Hua Shu Shu Zhao. But coincidentally, this is also very good for snake bites. So you can think that this herb is named after a snake, and it's good for snake bites when used externally. The other thing that this herb is famous for is we might say it can be used in certain types of cancer things. Again, I'm trying not to be sued here because I don't want to say we, we treat cancer, but basically there's been some modern research on this herb, and some studies may have suggested that this herb might have anti-neoplastic properties or anti-tumor properties, um, but I think this hasn't been confirmed. This is something that's still being done. They're still doing studies on this. But there have been some studies uh, suggesting that this might be a property of this herb. So that's one of the famous uses of this herb is it may be able to treat, to, may be used to treat certain symptoms that go along with cancer. But again, these statements have not been proved by the FDA. Please do not use this to treat any disease. But that's a, that's kind of, a, I would say that's the specialty of Bai Hua Shu Shu Zhao. We say especially... Uh, the studies were specifically in cancers of the digestive system. So if you want to read more about that, look at the Chen and Chen book because they mentioned some of the studies that are used. Or it's named after a snake. It's used for snake what? Snake bite. So that's Bai Hua Shu Shu Zhao. Next two are fun ones because they're food herbs. He Ye is lotus leaf and Lu Do is mung bean. So He Ye he ye, lotus leaf, and liu do, mung bean. Uh, I didn't put it here, but I think that, that yu has the two dots on top. So it's not liu do, it's liu do, liu do, green bean, or mung bean. So both of these clear heat toxicity, but I'd say both of them, if we want to point something out special about them, it's that they also clear summer heat as well. So he ye, lotus leaf, clears heat, but it's especially good for summer heat. And Liu Do, mung bean, also clears summer heat. And both of these can be used in food therapy. He Ye is lotus leaf. And when we say used in food therapy, we don't, you don't really eat lotus leaf because it's really thick and tough and fibrous. Usually you would either boil it to make a soup and make it like a broth. Or I think what's common is you would take food and wrap it in lotus leaf and then steam it and that will impart some of that lotus leaf flavor onto it. So you might take a rice ball and you'll wrap it in lotus leaf and then put it in a bamboo steamer, and that gives the rice this lotus leaf flavor and some of those properties. I think it tastes kind of like green tea. Um, there are also certain things where you can get a, a beggar's chicken. You take, a, you take a chicken and you wrap it in lotus leaf and then you wrap it in clay and, and bake it, and that uh, lotus leaf flavor 
soaks into the chicken and gives it a a green tea flavor. So huye, when we say used in food therapy, don't actually eat lotus leaf like a salad. We usually use it as like a tea broth or steam something in it. But it's especially good for summer heat, especially when there's dampness like diarrhea. So remember, summer heat often comes along with signs of dampness. So if we have summer heat and dampness causing diarrhea, huye might be a good one to use. Ludo is mung bean, and here we would just use cook this in like a kanji. So you might make some rice and add in some ludo, some mung bean, into your kanji and cook it real well. And this is especially useful when we're dealing with summer heat with thirst. So huye and ludo are both good for summer heat. They're both used in food therapy. If we want to differentiate them, I would say huye is better for like diarrhea dampness, whereas ludo is better for thirst. But those are two symptoms that often come along with summer heat. So I think so far we've learned a couple, maybe just a couple herbs for summer heat. I think we talked about xiangru, maybe treats summer heat. Maybe it's better to say it treats wind cold during the summer, but we also see it pop up in summer heat formulas. We talked about xigua, watermelon, is very good for summer heat. That was in the drain fire category. And now we have two more, uh, ludo and huye treating summer heat. So that's huye and ludo. Bai to Wang, pulsatilla radix. Bai to Wang. Bai to Wang clears heat toxicity. Its specialty is dysentery. When you see Bai to Wang, think dysentery. This is one of our main herbs for dysentery. So Bai to Wang, think dysentery. Matrishian, portulakai herba, portulakai herba, matrishian, 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 again, it looks very general that it, we have a lot of different symptoms of heat toxicity plus damp heat, um, so skin infection, uh, snake bite and wasp sting, very general, but if we had a specialty, I would say again, diarrhea and dysentery, this is especially useful when there's tenesmus. Remember we said tenesmus is this uh, urge to defecate that doesn't go away, and sometimes it comes with some cramping or some spasm. So matrishien, good for dysentery, but especially when we have those symptoms of tenesmus. Uh, we can also say it induces astringency to, um, for bleeding conditions. It can induce astringency to two-stop bleeding. But I might remember dysentery. By Xian P. Dictomni Cortex. By Xian P. Dictomni Cortex. By Xian P. Clears heat toxicity. But here maybe we could say heat toxicity and damp heat. So heat toxicity, but when there's an element of dampness and well as well. So that's going to be certain skin problems when the skin is really moist or there's a lot of pus. That might be a sign that it's not just heat toxicity, but there's dampness as well. Um, this can be used both internally or externally that we can boil it and uh, like apply it as a wash externally or drink it internally. Also good for like, uh, leucorrhea, vaginal discharge and itching, because again, that would be a sign of damp heat. So by Xian Pi, think damp heat. Tufu Ling, Smilacus glabri rhizoma. Smilacus? Tufu Ling. Tu Fu Ling. Tu Fu Ling, this one's kind of funny. I think of this as the syphilis herb. So Tu Fu Ling, the syphilis herb. Why do I say that? Because again, this one, like, like before, it clears heat toxicity, but also is good for dampness. So heat toxicity plus dampness. So skin infection when there's uh, moistness or pus, like dampness. And uh, it turns out that's kind of what syphilis looks like. Uh, Tufuling also benefits the joints. So when we get that damp, knee, damp heat gets into the joints, it can cause some uh, painful no joints, spasms, heaviness. It turns out that is also a sign of syphilis. And then quite qu coincidentally, Tufuling can also be used to treat mercury poisoning. And it turns out back in the day, mercury was used as a treatment for syphilis. So that's why I say tufuling, I think of like the syphilis herb, that it, it causes some skin problems that look like heat toxicity and damp heat. It causes some joint pain of damp heat getting into the joints. It also treats mercury poisoning. 
those are all oddly associated with syphilis. As for the name Tu Fu Ling, uh, if you had an intro class, you may have learned the um, in the category herbs that drain dampness, we have a very famous herb called Fu Ling, Poria. Uh, it's a fungus that grows around the root of a tree. So it turns out that this is called Tu Fu Ling. It looks kind of similar to Fu Ling. Turns out this has nothing to do with Fu Ling. It is not in any way related to Fu Ling. But we call it Tu Fu Ling because it has very similar properties to Fu Ling. So that when you look at the taste and temperature, it's the same. It's neutral in temperature. It's sweet and bland. These are the same properties as Fu Ling. And it's good for dampness, just like Fu Ling is in the drain dampness category. So maybe you can remember that Fu Ling drains dampness. Well, Tu Fu Ling is in the heat toxicity category. So it treats heat toxicity, but it also treats dampness. So these two plants are not related, but they share a common function of treating dampness. That's Tu Fu Ling, the syphilis herb. Shandogun. Ooh, we're still going. I think we only have a few more left. Shandogun, Sephori tokenensis radix. Shandogun, Shandogun. For this one, think throat issues. Shandogun is good for heat toxicity, but we say it clears heat toxicity and benefits the throat because it's good for throat problems like swollen painful throat turns out it's so good at treating throat problems you can eat you can actually drink it as a tea or you can just gargle it and that will help with some of those throat problems again and just in terms of generally clearing heat toxicity it can be used for skin infection like everything in this category and this one we might even say it has some, it's used in the treatment of uh, dealing with symptoms of cancer, especially uh, cancers of the throat and lungs. So that's how good it is at relieving throat problems. Um, these statements have not been approved by the FDA. Please do not use Chinese herbs to treat cancer. Chinese herbs do not treat cancer. But Shandogun, good for the throat. Shigan, another one good for the throat. So it clears heat toxicity and benefits the throat. So you can think about these two. Shandogun and Shugan are good for the throat. And then finally, um, we have a couple at the end that the reason these uh, are an outline, they're not uh, solid, is because these are, at least when I was in school, these were not on our syllabus. I'm not sure if these are on the NCCM list or not. But these are herbs that when I was in school, these were not on the syllabus, but they're still herbs that come up in formulas and they're still herbs that we had in the clinic. So I'd like to briefly mention them uh, just so you can recognize them. Ma Bo, uh, Lassiosphara, Ma Bo, uh, this is puffball. Uh, we have a, a formula that's like puffball decoction. I was like, what's a puffball? I think this is a type of fungus. It's kind of fuzzy because it has a lot of spores on it. I believe this is a type of fungus, ma bo. Its specialty is that it's, again, good for the throat. So, again, if we have, like, a, a wind heat invasion that turns into heat toxicity and we have this red, swore, red sore, swollen, painful throat, ma bo might be useful. And that's – I feel like that's the only time I've seen it come up. But I just wanted to mention it. So when you get into formula class and you're like, this formula has ma bo. What is mob wool? It's a heat toxicity herb that's especially good for sore throat or loss of voice or cough due to lung heat. So think about, again, like a wind heat invasion that turned into heat toxicity. We got heat in the lung. The throat is the gate of the lung. So we got a red, sore, swollen throat. And finally, Yadanza. Um, Brugiae fructus. This is a seed. This is something I'd just like to mention because it has a useful action of treating corns and warts. So Yadanza is toxic. So we don't, I've never seen it used internally. If you're going to use it internally, I think you have to use it very carefully because it can be toxic uh, to the liver and kidneys. So the dosage is very small. I've never seen it used uh, external, uh, internally, but it is very common to use it externally for corns and warts. I think sometimes they use the actual seed and tape it on there, but you can also find Yadanza oil as a topical application for warts and corns. So you have a patient that has 
warts and you want to use a traditional Chinese remedy for it, uh, Yadanza would be the most famous one. And again, you can even, if you search online, you can find Yadanza oil and it will come with some instructions of how to use it. So that's just something I like to mention because it's in this category and it comes up as kind of a remedy for that situation. So again, this is a very long category with a lot of herbs. A lot of them kind of run together. So again, I think we tried to mention some specialties of each herb. To some extent, I would say just know that these herbs belong to the category heat toxicity and just know what heat toxicity is. We're talking about things like skin infection, so abscesses, sores, boils, things with pus, things like uh, snake bite, insect bite, causing these big red sores. That's the major thing we're talking about is infection. This can also be abscesses, either external abscesses like breast abscess or internal abscess like lung abscess, large intestine abscess, and also epidemic febrile diseases. So I, I, I say mostly know that because it's hard to differentiate these herbs. So just to give you some examples, I thought um, we're at the point where maybe we could go through some formulas and maybe you can see some of these herbs in action and maybe that will clarify some of the actions. So we already talked about yin chao san. This is our major formula for wind heat invasion. Yin chao san, so we see our, our wind heat signs and symptoms, fever and chills, simultaneous fever and chills, but because this is wind heat, we're going to see more fever and less chills. Headache, thirst because the heat is drying out the fluids. Cough because we have wind heat obstructing the flow of qi in the lungs. So we get cough, rebellious qi. And then our major symptom for wind heat is sore throat. A red, sore, swollen throat. Our pulse is floating and rapid. Floating because we're dealing with an exterior attack. The pathogen is on the surface. So we feel a pulse at the surface. Rapid is a sign of heat. So these are just very straightforward signs of wind heat invasion. If it was just a very mild attack of wind heat, we might use that other one we talked about, Sangjuyin, Sangye plus Juhua. It's good for like cough and maybe some eye problems. But if it gets starts to sink down and it gets into the throat and into the lungs, then we might use Yin Chao San. And again, our major ingredients are Jin Yin Hua and Lian Chao because they both release the exterior to expel the wind heat invasion, but they also take care of this heat toxicity that's in the throat causing a red, sore, swollen, painful throat. So Jin Yin Hua, Lian Chao, definitely remember they clear heat toxicity, but they also release exterior wind heat invasion as well because Yin Chao San is a formula that you will see come up very often in clinic. Another one formula we'll get to in formula class is Puji Xiaoduyin. Puji Xiaoduyin. Again, this character Du means toxin. So when you say heat toxicity, it's Zhe Du. So Du means toxin. This is universal benefit drink to eliminate toxin. Or uh, Puji, universal benefit eliminate toxin drink. Yin means drink. So kind of the story behind this one. This one was for an epidemic febrile disease that was sweeping the countryside, that they had this outbreak of an acute, massive febrile disease of the head and face. So we see a lot of head and face symptoms, strong fever and chills, because this is a very strong pathogen that's moving swiftly and penetrating quickly. Redness, swelling, and burning pain of the head and face. So this is like wind heat and heat toxicity in the face. So bad you have inability to open in the eyes because they're swollen. Dysfunction of the throat. Red, painful, swollen. You can't swallow because of your throat. Dryness and thirst because of the heat. The tongue is red with a powdery white or yellow coat because you got that heat. Floating, rapid, and forceful. Floating because it's an external condition and an external attack. Rapid because of the heat. Forceful because it's an excess condition. This is a strong pathogen, a strong excess pathogen causing an excess pulse. So this would be an example of heat toxicity. It's in the name of the formula, eliminate toxin. This, is an, this was an epidemic febrile disease that was sweeping the countryside. And so basically when this outbreak happened, a Chinese doctor created this formula and they gave it to everybody. That's why it's called universal benefit, that he just made this generic formula that could be given to everybody who had this situation. Uh, so that's why I call it universal benefit. And this is an example of heat toxicity is a severe epidemic febrile outbreak. 
So you can see some herbs you learned there, Huang Qin and Huang Lian. We learned in the last category, the damp heat category. Those were good for clearing damp heat, but also clearing heat and heat toxicity as well. Remember Huang Qin, we said is especially good for the lungs, clearing lung heat or clearing upper jaw heat. And that's what we're dealing with. Uh, then we see a bunch of our heat toxicity herbs, especially the ones that are good for the throat because we had dysfunction of the throat. So remember Lian Chao, or Jininhua Lian Chao are good for throat problems. Ma Bo, that's the puff ball that we talked about, is especially good for throat problems. Ban Lang Gen, it may have antiviral properties. That's good for this um, epidemic outbreak. But Ban Lang Gen, also good for the throat, good for throat problems. So we see a lot of our heat toxicity herbs, especially these ones are good for the throat and the upper body because they're in a formula that's good for the throat and the upper body. Shuan Shen, remember we learned that in the cool the blood category. Shuan Shen is scrofularia radix. Shuan Shen, scrofularia radix. The scrofularia radix is good for scrofula, which is a disorder of the throat. So again, we have an herb from a different category that benefits the throat, and it's in this formula because it benefits the throat. And then we have some of our um, cool lacquered release the exterior category. So remember we said Nuobangza, again here it releases the exterior, but it's especially good for the throat. Wuhe releases the exterior, but we said it opens up the head and face. So this is a febrile disorder of the head and face, swelling, burning pain of the head and face. So Wuhe is opening that up. Chaihu and Shangma because they go upward and they vent this heat upward and outward. But this is, this is an example of a heat toxicity formula. And you can see some of our heat toxicity herbs there. Lian Chao, Ma Bo, Ban Lang Gen, good for these epidemic febrile outbreaks, good for especially the throat. Wu Wei Xiao Du Yin, five ingredient decoction to eliminate toxin. Wu Wei Xiao Du Yin, Wu Wei, five ingredient, Xiao Du, eliminate toxin. Yin is drink. So this, again, obviously by the name, Wu Wei Xiao Du Yin is good for heat toxicity. This is especially good for all types of heat toxicity affecting the skin. So all types of boils and carbuncles with localized redness, swelling, heat, and pain. So we can see here we have a bunch of our um, heat toxicity herbs like Jinyinhua, Pugongying, Zihua Diding. These are all flowers. Jinyinhua is gold and silver flower or honeysuckle flower. Pugongying is dandelion. Zihua Diding is violet. So these are all flowers. They're all good for skin problems like boils, carbuncles with redness, swelling, heat, and pain. So that tells us that these herbs are especially good for skin problems because they're in this formula that treats skin problems. Bai to Wong Tong, pulsatilla decoction. Bai to Wong Tong. Bai to Wong Tong is for dysentery. Bai to Wong is our formula for dysentery. We specifically say hot dysentery due to heat toxicity searing the stomach and intestines. So we have abdominal pain, tenesmus, uh, defecation with a sensation of burning around the anus. You have so much heat, it burns when it comes out. And diarrhea with blood and pus. We say more blood than pus. This is a specific thing to know that we're dealing with heat. If there's more pus, we might suspect it's more dampness. But because there's more blood than pus, we uh, know it's heat toxicity. And again, we see our number one herb for dysentery is Baitowong. That's the chief herb. That's what this formula is named after. So Baitowong uh, Tong is a formula for dysentery. The chief herb is Baitowong. You better remember that Baitowong is good for diarrhea and dysentery. Again, we see two of our Huangs here, Huang Lian and Huang Bai. Remember, Huang Lian is in the damp heat category. It's especially good for middle jiao heat and diarrhea. Qing Pi is, is interesting because in Bensky, Qing Pi was in the damp heat category. We also said that's good for diarrhea and dysentery. There are other books that put Qing Pi in this category, the heat toxicity category. Either way, we said Qing Pi is especially good for diarrhea and dysentery. So basically, we took a bunch of herbs that treat diarrhea and dysentery, and we put them together in a formula, and it's called Bai Tong Tong. But we should definitely remember that Bai Tawang is good for diarrhea and dysentery, and Qin Pi are good for, is good for diarrhea and dysentery.
Final one is Qingdaisan. Qingdaisan, indigo powder. Qingdaisan is, of course, named after Qingdai. This is indigo. We said this is uh, the leaf from the indigo that's been processed with lime to create a powder. And so Qingdaisan is a mixture that's good for all types of skin disorders that present with erosion, heat, swelling, itching, and pain. So this could be acute eczema, this could be contact dermatitis, allergic dermatitis. We say contact dermatitis that include can include contact with plants, so things like poison ivy. So this is just a general powder that's good for skin conditions due to heat and damp heat, so heat toxicity or dampness. So here we have Qingdai, that's the one we learned in this category, indigo powder. So this is telling us that Qingdai is really good for skin problems because it's used in this formula for skin problems. Shu Shurgao is interesting. Remember Shurgao we learned in the drain uh, fire category, but we said that Shurgao can also be applied externally. This is an example where Shurgao is being used applied externally. Uh, shu means prepared. We can say Shu Shurgao or Duan Shurgao. Basically we take the Shurgao and heat it up in a, in a kiln. Um, until it becomes calcined, and then that makes it very brittle, easy to break apart into a powder. Why is my mail popping up? I don't want mail. So that's, that's an example of shurgao being used externally, and then we have huangbai just because it uh, clears heat. So this is, an, this is an example of qingdai being used to treat skin problems. And again, um, most of these herbs come in a powder anyway. Qingdai, shu shurgao, hua shur are already a powder. Basically, we grind these into a powder and then you can apply it to the skin. We have a couple options here. Like if the skin, if you have skin problems due to dampness, the skin is probably going to be like moist anyway. So you can just put the powder on there and the moistness of the skin will keep it on. That's one possibility. You could uh, mix it with like some sesame oil and apply it as a paste. You could mix it with some uh, petroleum jelly and make it more like a plaster. Uh, you could also, when you talked about using herbs like pugong ying or ma chien, you can take these flowers and pound it into a poultice until the, the flowers get kind of bruised and uh, squishy. Then you could sprinkle some qingdai san on top and apply that as a poultice and you're using like the crushed up dandelion as the medium for your poultice. But again, this is an example of just our heat toxicity herbs. These are some examples of heat toxicity and here's where we would use qingdai to treat skin infection. So those are just to give some examples of how these herbs get used in formulas. So again, very long category. If we just wanted to point some things out, Jininhua, Lianchao, those are ones that clear heat toxicity. They're good for sore throat, but they also release the exterior. So Jininhua and Lianchao we use for exter external invasions of wind heat. Daqingye, Banlangen, both come from the indigo plant. Uh, they're good for uh, viral infections. Uh, epidemic febrile outbreaks, and also lung heat and throat problems. Qingdai, we just talked about, is indigo powder. It's very good for skin conditions. It turns out purple things are very good for the skin. Pugongying is dandelion flower. Pugongying, its specialty is breast abscess and mastitis. It also promotes urination, but Pugongying, breast abscess, mastitis. Zihua Ding, purple flower or violet. Again, purple things are good for skin problems. So red, deep set, angry, toxic sores, but also snake bite. Baijiang Sao, Petrinia Herba, Baijiang Sao is our one that's very good for large intestine abscess because it uh, it's good for heat toxicity and pus, but also invigorates blood. Those are both things that come up with large intestine abscess. Chuan Qinglian clears heat toxicity, especially heat in the lung. Bai Hua Shi Shi Cao, my favorite one to say, Bai Hua Shi Shi Cao is white flower snake tongue herb. It's white flower snake tongue, so it's good for snake bites. It also has, um, it might be used for cancer situations. Huye and Ludo are lotus leaf and mung bean. They're good for summer heat. Bai Tao Wang, Dysentery. Uh, bai Xian Pi, what do we say about that? Uh, bai Xian Pi clears heat toxicity and also damp heat. So when there's skin problems with a lot of uh, moisture and pus, it's also good for other damp heat like vaginal discharge. But Bai Xian Pi, think damp heat. 
Matricien, another damp heat. But this one also diarrhea and dysentery. Doesn't show up in Bai Tawang Tong, but it's also good. It's kind of kind of very general, kind of clears all types of damp heat. If we had to say a specialty, we would we might say dysentery. Tu Fu Ling, another one that treats dampness. This is the syphilis one. So damp heat, skin conditions, when there's moisture and pus. When that damp heat gets into the joints, it can cause joint pain, another sign of syphilis. Also treats mercury poisoning. So Fu Ling is good for dampness. Tu Fu Ling is good for heat toxicity and dampness. Shandogan and Shugan, good for throat problems. So that is herbs that clear heat toxicity. Uh, if you want to follow along with these, there are some slides on the website. So go to tcmstudy.net. You can download the slides. You can take a practice test. Those are on tcmstudy.net. Special thank you to the Patreon members for supporting the channel and supporting the website. If you would like to join uh, the Patreon or uh, contribute to the channel and the website, there's some links in the description below. That's all I have for today. I got to get going. We'll see you next time.